I like death. I like death with sex. How about you, Casey? You like sex with death? Yeah, so fuck off and die. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all in fright. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Hey guys, and welcome to Betrothed, a couple's guide to genre film. I'm your host, Chris, and with me as always... I'm Katie. And um, this week, we have a treat for you. Oh, do you like sensory input? All the sensory input? All of the sensory input you can handle in one movie at, like, just all at once, bombard you with it. I love that. That's my favorite. Well, have we got a treat. Yeah, this week we are doing a 1986 classic. I got to call it a classic. Yeah. Terror Vision. Terror Vision. Real quick before we get going, um, how have you been since the last the last we uh, potted well, a like, couple days ago? Like many of us, we've, we've had a, a weird cold snap come through. You know, one of those classic April cold fronts that yeah, get you, know, you down into the 30s. Those normal snowstorms in parts of the country. Totally normal. So my days are are blurring together at this point. Oh, I yeah. um I've I've lost track of days that end in y mm-hmm. and um I don't know what time is. I only recognize days that don't end in y now. Right. Sundays are the only uh viable option at this point. Not even that one. Mine eat well a beautiful with a cherry on top. It doesn't. Just it like ends a, in Y. Sundays end with an E. It, um, you have a degree in writing. I think it's fancy when you write Sunday with an E. Yeah, it means ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. The Sunday that counts. <laughs> right. No, I know. I know. Hey. <laughs> I just for some reason I felt compelled to just turn your joke back on you and. Just be a dick. Impale me with it for some reason. Dude, my whole like my whole schedule of everything is is messed up. I'm in full um full uh uh what's the word? Nocturnal. Yeah, I'm fully nocturnal at this point. Insomnia has has set in big Mm -hmm. time. Also my with all this weather changing, my 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 jaw hurts really bad. I have I have those fun adult braces that I was two months away from getting off. Uh, and then coronavirus happened, mm-hmm. and so I'm uh, like two months into where I should need an adjustment. I'm a full month ahead of where I need my like, second marks. to last in- adjustment. So uh, if I sound weird, it's because I, I my mouth has got rubber bands in it and all kind of fun things right now. Mm-hmm. But we're going to press on. That's why we're doing two of these things a week, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, other than that, man, just a whole lot of YouTubing and um, you know avoiding deodorant. Yeah, I'm trying to get my creative energy out. I feel like my gears are turning. Yeah. So I'm trying to, you know, stay productive and avoid the things I don't want to do, like cleaning or getting ahead of on things that I should be doing. Yeah, or work work. Right. Anything I could do to avoid that is, yeah. is just ideal because it's all so weird. Well, at this point, it's just looking for things to do. Right. And not that I wouldn't, not that otherwise I wouldn't be doing anything. It's just like... I need something to occupy my time. Yes. And Which if, partially is this podcast. And if it's fun, even better. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why low-key we're thinking about adding some content to the, the even more content to this podcast yes, stream. Yes, I think it'd be really fun. And I think Considering it would be some little mini, mini episodes on some other stuff. But 
that uh, actually might come into play today because there's some people in this movie that we're watching today that I I think deserve their own episode. They deserve their own tangent. Yeah. Um, okay. So this movie, I'd never seen it before. Um, I had seen the box art for this movie, like going to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so th- there's the it's phenomenon a cover that would stand out. There's a phenomenon that people younger than us won't really get. Um, where you'd go to, uh, or they probably have a different version of it, but you go to video rental stores because back in the day when it was all VHS, mm-hmm. before even before it was DVDs, I don't get it. It was uh, ha ha. Even before DVDs, it was um, it was these video rental stores where you'd go in and, and so, rent your, your stuff. So, so it's kind of like a farmer's but, market for movies. Yes, it was exactly that. People came and brought their movies individually, and they sold them uh, to you know people who wanted organic small batch uh you know vegan even films uh, okay, yeah cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so anyway you'd go to these stores and as a kid um when i would always walk through the like horror section mm-hmm. or i'd walk through the sci-fi section and it was a horrifying experience because like you see all these box covers that that are really terrifying like the art of of box art from particularly the 80s and even in the 90s was it was crazy because, like these movies, these these title cards would have nothing to do with the movie. Yes, um, they were they made them like straight to video. Once we got into the '90s, in particular, for uh, just for these video rental stores because they exploded like Blockbuster and all your little local ones. But I particularly remember one when I lived in the North Louisiana uh, in this little town. There was a uh, gas station that had a video rental in it that I would ride my bike to, mm-hmm. and um, and it was like. It's just such a like low rent rack of movies, but there was always um, the box art for horror movies that used to scare the shit out of me. Because oh, yeah. like, I mean, even down to stuff like Hellraiser and you know your your classics, there were things that were still classics, but you know weren't mainstream like Dead Alive. There were things that you'd never heard <clears throat> of that just really pop on these shelves. Well, the box art for you. the box art for. Dead Alive, which is Peter Jackson's uh, Peter Jackson movie before, well before he was, uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings director. He directed schlocky horror movies that were great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I need to I need to rewatch those because I'm not sure if I've seen all of Dead Alive for bad taste. Maybe we'll do those for this um, this show. Those would be fun. Uh, but the box art for that used to scare the shit out of me because it was someone pulling their mouth open and there was a skull or a, um, an eyeball inside of it. Oh, yeah, that would that would be good. And then um but this one Terror Vision was one of those that would pop up all the time. Yeah, and this it, is definitely a cover that jumps off the VHS shelf. Yeah, it, it's it's like an eyeball and like a sort of uh on a sort of like wavy goopy creature monster thing and mm-hmm. it just says Terror Vision. Yes. Right. So that's how this movie started. Mhm. This movie was um this movie was one of those old-fashioned um roger corman style uh uh, movies where you had a title and you had you even had artwork Mm -hmm. and then you gave it to a director and said here make this movie Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what it's about as long as it fits it's it's called terror vision and this is the poster Mm -hmm. so i have this fascination with these movies that come from a title first and poster it's a great prompt yeah it's it's william castle roger corman all those Mm -hmm. guys that's what they would do um, and, and this fits that bill because this is the first movie we're doing, uh, from the producer, Charles band and full moon pictures, full moon features, um, 
he Charles Band is a is a fascinating character to me, and I think we're gonna do we're gonna have to do a whole episode on him and Full Moon Features. Um, he has produced and written and directed so many, and well, and I say written and directed in quotes because some of the movies that he's involved with will have five or six directors listed, mm-hmm. <laughs> or five mm-hmm. or six writers, seven or eight writers listed because sure. people be getting credits. Um, but he produces these super cheese ball um, straights. Now it's mo- now it's all straight to video, um, you know, B movie flicks and, and mm-hmm. pumps them out. I mean, if you've ever seen, and they've got great artwork, and they're I've seen a handful of them, but I tend I tended to avoid them, particularly his later stuff like Ginger Dead Man and like Evil Bong and all those movies because they were they were coming out at a time where I was like, okay, these are supposed to be goofy. Mm-hmm. And so therefore I'm going to write them off completely and sure. we'll completely ignore that. I wish that I had watched this movie sooner because Same. I had so much fun. Um, a couple of things uh, you might also know, um, Charles band movies would be puppet master. All those are, are, are Charles band. Um, like I said, uh, let's see troll. Mm-hmm. That's Charles band. Not to um, be confused with trolls. The, cartoon yeah, that are exactly, out yeah exactly uh the you know, like i said the evil bong movies which i always saw and just thought it was ridiculous one day you know what we'll do one change your water folks yeah change your water one day we'll do one um ginger dead man of course which i've never seen but i've always heard about um so he is a, a fascinating character and in a quick little backstory um on him he is from a family that does this. His father, Albert Band, um, wrote and directed and produced a bunch of movies, a lot of B-movies. Um, uh, I think I Bury the Living was one of the ones that he did. Uh, and then his brother, Richard Band, mm. is a film composer. And he has he's composed the music for um, a lot of movies, including this movie. Uh, he's the, you know, the guy that handles all the music. He, has, he also did one of my favorite scores, uh, Reanimator. Ah, so uh, interesting. I love the title sequence music it's to reanimate. Interesting, you say something about the uh, music and the composer on this because um, I I think I saw a little tidbit that they also considered a couple other people for who's that to do the music for this. Yes, I read that they considered Frank Zappa. Oh, interesting. And I thought that was really interesting. Now I wonder if that's to work because Richard Band is kind of like the. The comp- his brother is the composer and music producer. Right. So I wonder if they were considering having uh, well, Zappa do music for the movie. I think maybe they were considering than, having him do music for the like for certain pieces of the movie, right. which will make sense. Oh, okay. Now that I have seen it, that's what I think. Okay. Well, we'll get to that for sure. Um, Richard Band, yeah, Richard Band uh, composed music for so much shit, it'll blow your mind. I mean, you need to really just go look at his wiki page. Um, and just go down the list, but he's, he's directly he's done the music for all of these, these B movies. And so I really like him as a composer, weirdly, even though some of the movies are horrible. Uh, one more fascinating tidbit about, uh, Charles band, his son, mm-hmm. did you see who his kid is? No. His kid is Alex band. He is the lead singer of the calling. Okay. As in. Wow. Uh, hello, high school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, That's the big so gravelly bizarre. Boy. So lately. Yeah. Wandering. I just, I feel so like I'm in the backseat of a cheap 90s car right now. I just. 
Yeah, so so the the band production companies are responsible for all sorts of travesties slash genius moments. I have no idea how, how much they have influenced my life. And uh, he he's got a couple other kids too, and they're tangentially involved in in stuff. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty remarkable. And the guy that wrote and directed this movie, uh, Ted Nicolau, he's directed a ton of um, a ton of cheesy B movies. He's done a lot of um, uh, a lot of Charles Band movies. He did uh, what's that movie? The Dungeon Master is probably the one that most people have seen. Uh, he was involved in a lot of stuff. He's actually credited as part of the sound department on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is pretty funny. Which means he was probably just a buddy of theirs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's done a lot of. He's done another movie that I wanted to do actually this week. Um, turns out he did um, uh, bad. What was it Bad Channels, which is another Charles Band movie. Ah. And I watched the trailer for that. That was 1992, and that one is another one that looks bananas crazy. Just real quick, so everyone knows, Bad Channels, which we will do, is about a um, a DJ from outer space who comes down to Earth to collect women in little bitty test tubes um, mm-hmm. and do it through the radio waves. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Oh, I'm so in. And it's it's bananas. Now, as these Charles Band movies progress through the 90s and 2000s, they get we reach this point with um we reach a point with uh purposeful B movies where they they stop working as well mm-hmm. because everything we have to make them gets better and nicer and people have all this access to CG but the thing is inexpensive CG looks horrible it does and even some expensive CG looks horrible but inexpensive CG particularly in that like uh, mid late nineties through the early two thousands is, is really rough. Go check out some Xena Warrior Princess if you'd like to see what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, or uh, one more that we would be a lot like more big, large scale would be um, the uh, shit like Spawn Pol- movie. Yes. Oh, the bad guy at the yeah. end of Spawn, the like the the devil. So pause this. Go find that. Um, while you're in YouTube, if you haven't already, take a moment to watch this film. Yeah, watch this movie. I tell you what, if you are on on the fence, watch the trailer. Mm-hmm. And at whatever point of the trailer you're in, stop it and watch the movie. Mm-hmm, so this mm-hmm. movie is, uh, like Katie said, is available for free on YouTube. Uh, multiple people have uploaded it because um, it's one of those that right now, I'm sure the rights are still with uh, Full Moon. They... Mm-hmm. Um, they actually have their own subscription channel on Amazon right now. And uh, this movie was not part of their subscription package for Amazon Prime. So uh, I don't know what the deal is with this, but right now it is listed on only on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. so go search it out. You'll be able to watch it. It's not so it may be on Amazon in the future. We'll keep an eye on that. And to be honest, it's one of those that I really wish had a better release. I wonder, I'm sure it has a full moon DVD release because they it put does. out... They put out. They did put out a Blu-ray with commentary on okay. this if we're able to hunt and find it. But I will note, this was released on Valentine's Day in 1986. And for so many reasons you're about to find out as we unfold this story, that is very Alanis Morissette. Very. Um, I need a knife right now because we are going to dissect this movie. Oh, no. And all I have is a spoon. Oh, Katie. You're welcome. It's like rain on your wedding day. It's isn't it ironic? 
Don't you think? Um, okay, so let's jump into this thing because, like I said, we could spend the next hour and a half talking about Charles Band, his whole weird family, full moon features. Um, oh, one more weird thing. Do you remember the movie Prehysteria about the little dinosaur pup- puppets? Of course not. You don't? No. Oh, it was a big one for me as a kid. You said, of course not. Like, that was an insane thing for me to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot I of have, people I remember Prehysteria. I, just, I missed this one. I have to see the image. It was one of those that would that was on, I think it was straight to video, because it was one you could always find at either, like, the library, or you could find at sure. uh, any video rental store. Sure. And it was that early 90s period where everything was dinosaurs, everything was dinosaurs. Yes. This is... Um, little kid it's like a family movie and it's like a little kid finds these dinosaur eggs and they come to life and they're little puppet like like mm-hmm. you know they're little puppets and stop motion dinosaurs uh i love that movie and it turns out that's a charles band movie as well okay because he had his company um through full moon sorry if you guys hear our dog barking they're going crazy with all this quarantine stuff with through full moon he also did um uh, a family division to put out like kids movies okay. as well because he's just pumping this stuff out for no money, right? Sure. And uh, and their merchandising and their 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 packaging is fabulous. It really is. They're the king of the grocery store rental store. Yes, yes. They'll pack. They they package hard. Uh, so anyway, I, I thought that was a really interesting connection because I I to this day until today I didn't realize that that was Charles Band. Um. So we open this movie uh, with oh. a great. Um, Empire releasing uh, uh, title card. Mm-hmm. I love these 80s title cards. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the, a miniature. And it is a horrible miniature, miniature but lit so it's, beautifully and yes. over over dramatically. Yes. And I, I literally, the first thing I wrote down when making notes for this movie was, opens on a bad miniature and I'm in. So you <laughs> had me right here. I really love this miniature. In fact, it made me want to make a miniature. Just to light it and shoot it? Yes, just to have it. Well, just and to like do something. One of the things I did notice about this, they showed it so much. And if we're, if we're nitpicking it, and if we're talking miniatures, the thing that really makes this one not work as well is it doesn't have any movement to it. No. And there's no lighting on the miniature. It's very flat. It's very flat, very static. The scale is so wrong all the way throughout. But, but I it really is love so it. beautiful and... It's just great. There's uh we we have a title card that lets us know that we are at Planet Pluton. Which I would like to start by saying, go fuck yourself when you're naming aliens and planets and uh-huh. bullshit as someone who has seen hundreds of hours of Star Trek hundreds of times. Please, mm-hmm. I beg of you, if mm-hmm. you're writing anything, try harder. Try. I mean, slapping an N on the most questionable planet that we have. The most questionable planet. Yeah, no, try harder. Try hard. Um, so we're at the sanitation department, <laughs> mutant creature disposal unit. Yep, we get our immediately our first joke. So it's part of the sanitation department. Yep. So this movie is, is there's a lot of bad jokes in this movie. Oh, but some of them still make me laugh. There is a couple in this movie that hit really well. Yes. Because, um, again, they're trying to be funny. But the fun part of this movie to me is the way it looks, the things that are happening mm-hmm. in it, this ridiculous storyline. Like, so their jokes don't. These people. Their jokes aren't offensively bad. They're just like, ugh, sometimes, right? Well, and at the beginning, and timely to the era, they are. And at the beginning, you're 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 a little shocked because you're figuring out who these people are, what this world is, mm-hmm. what's you know, yeah, what's. And we know immediately who these people are because. They, all of the characters in this movie were written 
by going into the dictionary and looking up exactly their biggest character trait, and then sure. they just wrote what that definition says. Sure. Someone asked an opinionated <laughs> white man to describe stereotypes, and that's what they used oh, yeah. to cast and uh, clothe right. these characters. Right. They went uh, find and replace stereotypes. Yes. Um, and what's interesting about this opening prologue is um, the first thing I wrote is, what the fuck is this full screen monster? Okay. So, I yeah, I called it an, I've been calling it an afterbirth monster. Okay. Because I went period jokes with it. Okay, and good. And I was like, no, because. We're on the same page. Oh, my God. Because it looks like a placenta. It really looks like something with a that you crab want arm, to flush. With a crab arm hanging out. <laughs> Just, I don't, I mean. It made me want to have it freeze dried and broken up into capsules. <laughs> so, we see that thing immediately. <laughs> yes. And, and I love it. I think this character design while it's so this whole movie is goopy it is that is the best way to describe and this i film. i love goopy slimy movies from the 80s because there's a lot of stuff in the 80s that was goopy this movie is going to give me goopy nightmares yeah it's very goopy it's very um it's in the same it's what's well, i can't really say it's in the same vein because it's not but it sort of is in the world of uh like if you told me this happened um if you told me this was a movie someone was watching in Brian Usna's society, mm-hmm. I would believe you. Sure. Like if this sure. was a movie in that movie. And that movie itself is insane because that's a movie about um, a cabal of um, strange monster aliens that have orgies where they meld with each other's bodies. That is also probably something they would be watching in this movie. See, I feel like it's the other way around. Oh, okay. okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Um so, like you said, we open on that, we see that monster, and then we see a reject, a rejected next generation Star Trek uh, costume. Okay, I genuinely was like, is this the Jeb Hadar before they are addicted to? It had a, it had a very like, if you wanted to make the put the Jim Hadar in next generation, yes, would make a lot of sense. It's just very like, um, I don't know. They look like they look, yeah. They are very. They're almost um, the Plutonians. Um, are almost mm. um, what's the word? They, they have a, they have a lot of uh, the Gill Man from Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of um, man. There's another alien. They they they've got a lot of traditional B movie alien looks to them because it's like there's so much Creature from the Black Lagoon because that movie was so important to like makeup mm-hmm. and suits mm-hmm. that it's like paid homage to thousands of times over yes and um and this is no exception no now the guy that did the makeup before we go any further um is great uh john carl buchler um unfortunately he passed away last year of prostate Mm. cancer he was only 66 um he is a very very um accomplished um makeup effects artist and director uh especially in the world that that we are uh that we delve into um he did all the makeup effects for reanimator and bride of reanimator mm-hmm. he did the makeup effects for this and a lot of other band movies he did he actually directed and did all the effects for friday the 13th uh i believe part seven yeah the new blood um which is which is a good which was a fun mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. um so that was he worked with kane hodder there and then actually he worked with kane hodder again because he did the effects for the first hatchet adam oh. green's hatchet Um, which i love that movie so he did baby chicken he did the little chicken thing didn't he baby chicken the baby chicken thing the the little the little chicken monster thing in Um, hatchet yeah there's no rails there's no chicken monster in hatchet 
they call it the chicken monster. It's when it's like little and it like scurries. Am I? I'm not crazy. That's You're confusing hatchet. movies because that's not a hatchet. It's an Adam Green, isn't it? Am I crazy? I remember him talking about it, and they put it on little like rails, and they shot it. That's in a different movie. My oh, that's in that's, Br- digging up the marrow. You're right. My See, brain. Um, I have a. I sound dumb now. I'm, I'm able to. I just realized I'm able to pull from obscure Adam Green movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh boy! Shout out to the movie crypt. Um, yeah, so he did all the stuff for Hatchet. He was in Hatchet and Hatchet Two. I mean, he was uh, as a as a weird character, big sweet guy. Um, and unfortunately, we lost him last year. So, oh yeah, he did the makeup for Ghoulies and Troll. He directed. Oh, I wow. believe he directed Troll. Yes, he directed Troll. Uh, and uh, he did all the Ghoulies makeup. Um, dude, he was he was really great. You know that explains a lot because I see a lot of lumpy sloth in this monster. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that that stuff in there. Uh, lumpy sloth. If he did, you heard that one. Yeah, we, that was a loud bark. Yeah, that was a loud bork. Um, okay, so anyway, back to this. We get our title card in this title sequence. Well, I have a weird rules. question. Is he like gas chambering this monster? What is this oh, alien doing? Oh, I forgot about that. So he explains it later. He does, but at this moment, all it appears as though is that he gas chambers this monster and flushes it through a lightning bolt into outer space where the lightning bolt um, pinballs around planets mm-hmm. um, and then we get hit with our title card and this great theme song. That's exactly what happened. You just literally described it. You're welcome. You asked if that's what happened and then described it exactly as it happened. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and this title card's fucking... This title card, this whole title sequence, I love it. Um, the theme song fucking slaps, and this whole uh, the whole title sequence is my entire like After Effects design style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is my oeuvre. At this point, I am loving this movie. Um, and it's, I know it's going to be, I know it's going to be bad. Look guys, I'm not saying this is a good movie by film standards. I'm saying that this is an awesome movie by rad and awesome standards. Sure. Sure. The standards of rad and awesome. It kicks ass. The S the S A R. Yep. Um, it definitely kicks ass. It is definitely a lot of fun. It's definitely terrible and ridiculous. Um, yes, I love this whole thing. And then we open on giant satellite dishes which are the peak of modern technology yeah everyone knows that of course hello we open with a really staticky tv and mm-hmm. we're immediately introduced to raquel raquel played by um someone who also we could do an entire episode on mm-hmm. um raquel is played by uh i'm trying to get you in my notes here all of the information about mary Warrenov. yes mary Warrenov. Uh, she was in Night of the Comet. Mm-hmm. She's an integral figure in that one, uh, which we're definitely going to do Night of the Comet on here. Please just go watch it. Go find it and watch it. You probably have to rent it right now. Um, she's in it. that. She was a part of Andy Warhol's sort of crew of uh, people. Um, he was in a lot of her movies. She's in a ton of cult movies and B movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, she was in Night of the Comet. She was in uh, Eating Raul, which was great, which also had... Um, uh, like, much like Night of the Comet, also has uh, Chakotay in it oh. from uh, Star Trek Voyager. Mm-hmm. She was in Death Race 2000, which mm-hmm. now I'm realizing who she was in Death Race 2000. That's fabulous. We're going to do that movie. She's in the beginning of Chopping Mall. Um, she's oh. in so much stuff. She's still alive. I think I heard something about 
she's written all these books and she does a lot of like art and stuff. She's one of those just weird New York kids from the Hall Andy Warhol scene. Mm-hmm. A lot of drugs. I think she was on meth for a long time. She's a that fascinating, tracks. fascinating character. But she's also smoking hot. Very. Um, and we see her immediately in a leotard doing aerobics in heels because the 80s? I guess. And I immediately noted that as well. Side note. One mm-hmm. other movie she's in I forgot about. She's in Get Crazy. Really? Um, that movie, If you, and you, you've probably never seen Get Crazy. I'd be um, surprised if you heard of it, but it's one of my all-time favorites. It's fabulous. We've only we've only seen it once. We mm-hmm. got to see it at a night of um, screenings that Edgar Wright did when we were living in L.A. Edgar Wright used to do, um, if you don't know who Edgar Wright is, why are you listening to this? So Edgar Wright, he used <laughs> to do, um, uh, uh, for a couple of years, he did these, these showings at uh, the New Beverly Theater in L.A., a little theater that Quentin Tarantino owns. And they just show 35 millimeter prints. Mm-hmm. Most all of it's from either things they've acquired or his collection, et cetera. They always program double features with really cool trailers on 35 that are from mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino's collection. So uh, one year when we had first moved to L.A., he was doing a movies Edgar Wright's never seen uh, series. And we bought tickets to a few nights because it's really small not highly publicized on purpose just mm-hmm. to keep it like low. Mm-hmm. Um, it only seats so many people. It's a very exactly. small theater. All of these tickets are cheap, like 18 bucks. And mm-hmm. so you get to go and it's literally just uh, uh, Edgar Wright hanging out, showing a double feature and he'd have people talk about it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the movies he showed was get crazy because they had a 35 millimeter print of get crazy. And it was introduced by um, Eli Roth came out and Alan Arkush, the director, who mm-hmm. also directed Rock and Roll High School. And um It was a blast. Yeah, and they talked about how they couldn't there's never been a DVD re- release of this because it uh they didn't have the sound print. Right. They didn't have a clean sound yep, print. They lost to, the sound to do. Um all they have is a, the VHS versions. So without that, it's been really difficult for them to get a release of it, and it's just it it. I don't know where it exists. I didn't do enough searching to find out if anyone's gotten a copy on the internet. But it's so much fun. Just so you know, this movie has... Uh, the bad guy in this movie is Ed Begley Jr. The whole thing is shot at the um, Wiltern Theater in Los Angeles. Uh, the famous green theater uh, mm-hmm. at the corner of Wilter, uh, Wilshire and Western. Uh, it's got Malcolm McDowell in it as like a mm-hmm. rock star. Uh, Daniel Stern is the protagonist uh, <laughs> from, you know, everything Daniel Stern's everything. ever been in. Uh, like a young Daniel Stern, so many people are in it. Um, Mary Warnova is is also in it, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's this long through line where Lou Reed is the whole time. Lou Reed is in the movie as himself, but the entire movie he's trying to get to this concert they're trying to throw to save the theater, and it's just Lou Reed getting completely like uh, sidetracked for an entire day. Like it is do. the it is a bananas Gonzo like punk rock ass movie, and it is so good. In fact, that movie is where. Um, they got the idea. Um, the I don't want to. I don't want to blow that. There's so much good don't stuff. Don't blow it. Because if we watch that movie, it, it, we're, I have a lot of good information because we got to see it. Um, so she deserves an entire episode, and we just meet her, and uh, and and right after we meet her, the the her TV fizzles out, and she goes outside to yell at her husband, who's working on their new DIY satellite dish. Yeah, with, the DIY 100. And for some reason, uh, the repair guy from the DIY 100 company is there, mm-hmm. and his contract, which he very clearly tells you constantly, is mm-hmm. only allows him to do repairs on broken yeah, he items. He can't actually help you set it up. He can only do repairs. But he will stand there with his uh, ugly tie tucked into his 70s pants and drink all your Heinekens. That tie is more bib than tie. 
It is so weird and large, but there the costuming in this is amazing because oh you God. also note the epic ascot that Stanley is wearing yes. and the S embroidered on the breast pocket of his polyester shirt. Yep. And he it's just a, a statement. His Stanley outfit is almost Putterman. as loud as he is. Oh, and he's doing everyone in this movie is doing their own character in their mm-hmm, own movie and mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. So we meet Stanley Putterman, the uh, patriarch of this family, who is a swinging guy, and uh, and and he's yelling at he's having trouble banging on this stupid dish. Yep. And uh, Norton, our uh, repair tech guy, who doesn't look like a repair tech, he looks like a slimy neighbor, he, or like a used car salesman. Yeah, yes, that's a really perfect thing for him. And he's constantly drinking his beer. Yeah. And he wants a he wants a road Heineken. Yep. There's all these Heine jokes. Yep. He needs he, a Heine for the road. He needs a he needs a road beer because you know the 80s. Like you do. Um, you got to drink and drive when it's 1986. I mean, what else is there to do? Yeah. Seatbelt laws were barely a thing. Man, this movie's 33 years old, almost 34 years old. Yeah. You know how I know that? Because you're 33 years old. Because I was born in 1980. I know. This <laughs> movie's like six months older than you. Um. So we meet both of them. They're full on arch characters. Um, and we see, we even get a little shot of, uh, you know, Norton, this guy's creeping on his wife. He's just a real creep. This guy, but I do have to say she's the horniest worker outer I've ever seen. Everyone in in this movie is horny except for the, no, including the kid. Yeah. This whole movie is full of horny people and it, it, it becomes disturbing at one point and then it becomes fun and entertaining at the next point. Yes. Um, like no joke. They're, they're. There's a everyone in this movie is slightly attractive and everyone in this movie like in a weird way. There there no yep. everyone is non traditionally attractive in a weird in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Except and, for Norton. Um, except for Norton. And he kinda looks like uh shit, what's his butt that plays He's Homer Simpson? Sleazy uncle. Um Yeah, he looks he looks like a sleazy uncle. And uh and so we meet we're, we just continually meet characters. So very mm-hmm. quickly after this, uh we meet grandpa. Well, we get to meet Susie, who has the biggest 80s Oh, yeah, tees, she's in there with she's mom. she's wearing all of the lace and all of the... She took, to be fair, you said T-E-A-S-E, not tees as in titties. Yeah. Okay, just, just going out there. Teased hair. We you know? do meet Susie, and I love Susie. Susie's amazing. She took six of Cindy Lauper's best outfits and put them all together. On top of each other. Yes. Now, Susie is played by... Um, what's her name? Susie is... Uh, is this is, Diane Franklin? Yes, Diane Franklin. Uh, Susie's played by Diane Franklin, and Diane Franklin's been in a lot of things you you will have seen. She's been in... Um, uh, she was in Better Off Dead. Ah. Uh, and she was in... Her two bigger... Her, her probably three biggest things are this, Better Off Dead, and she's one of the princesses in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, my God, fun. She's the brunette princess. Fun. So, okay. um, so yeah, and also her whole family is acting. That explains why I recognized her Valley voice. Her daughter Olivia Franklin is um, a is an actress and a uh, or an actor and doing some sort of podcast thing now. I looked her up too, and her her son was also an actor, and um, and uh, her daughter's adorable. She looks very much like she she looks very much like young her. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. You mm-hmm. have to look her up later. Um, so we meet them, and then then it, this is where we meet Grandpa and um, what Sherman. Sherman. Yeah, we have to talk about Gramps. Grandpa comes in hot. So Grandpa rings the doorbell first of all because he's clearly not trusted with a key to the house. Right. 
I mean, I don't blame him. And this house, real quick, is fabulous. One of the things I love about this movie, the way it looks, is because mm-hmm. the whole thing is shot on a set, even mm-hmm. the outdoors. And when and I, there's something, there's something magical about shooting uh, a backyard of a house that's clearly on a soundstage, mm-hmm. and it's just layered light, like mm-hmm. a like a theater. There's something about that that is it's so low rent, but it makes me feel all warm inside sure. because it's such a like. It's such a comforting childhood thing of seeing really cheesy stuff on it TV is, like this. It's like camping in your backyard. Right. But and and but the backyard is actually inside of a massive building somewhere. Yes. And uh and so that's It's what, actually next to Mr. Feeney's house. That sets the the scene for this whole movie. Everything that is actually indoors is uh, actually outside except for the driveway is all technically mm-hmm. on a soundstage, mm-hmm. and, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Gramps uh, is met at the door by Susie, um, who is complaining that the TV is out, she really wants her MTV. She wants her MTV, and that comes up a lot because it's 1986, and yes. MTV's been a thing for like four years. Gramps is a veteran. He's highly, highly decorated. Of in what the, war? We don't know. All of them, apparently, if you if you look uh, at it. It sounds like he's a veteran of info wars. It does, and it also sounds like um, he's lost his damn mind. Um, he's holding a sign that I had to pause to read because it was just layered. This set piece. It's about, it's about lizard tail jerky and. Oh, I had to write, you know, I wrote it down. Okay. What does it say? It is lizard tails, a self-regenerating food source for survival. So much like a child would think, um, you could Uh just constantly eat lizard tails because they always grow back. This is exactly why he has a tank of lizards in what we will later learn in his room. And at one point we see he has a pocket full of, of lizard tail jerky. Just loose lizard like tails. Like you do. Um, and, and so he's clearly got dealing with a lot of PTSD that he doesn't understand because it's 1986. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, he's he's spewing a lot of stuff about how he, he wanted to go down. I think he said something about going downtown. And downtown's not the same anymore because he used to like it when he could go down there and basically preach to people about his yes. weird causes. Yes, this is the guy who used to stand outside the corner of my work yelling about something that I would have to avoid on my way home. Yeah. I know this man. Yeah. He smells <laughs> funny, and it's not quite drugs. He's it's, definitely not homeless. No, he's not homeless. He has somewhere to be. He's intent. He, he has, has intent. Yes, he's just trying to reach someone. Yeah, something, somebody. He needs. He desperately needs a call from his children. Yes. Um. And then, so now we meet... Uh, Sherman. Sherman comes popping out of the bushes. Their their little son, uh, mm-hmm. with a with a play gun, yes, and shoots Grandpa. Yeah, and Grandpa turns around and pulls a real fucking gun. Okay, thank you. And says, "Ah, brain shot." I died. <laughs> brain I shot. Died. Did you notice he also, which really smart acting, he pointed a real gun at that child with his finger on the trigger. One hundred percent. There's a lot of this movie is chock full of uh, of things that are too dangerous for anyone to do and, and love, mo- therapy moments. I love the line because Grandpa starts playing back and he's like, uh, "Belly down, soldier. The geeks aren't through with you yet." Bam, bam, bam. And if it I, weren't for the real gun, this is an adorable relationship. Yes, but this layer of the real gun is actually really great character building to mm-hmm. let you know how off of his rocker. Oh yeah, he really is. Real quick, Sherman is played by Chad Allen, and Chad Allen uh, has adorable. been adorable. He's adorable. He's uh, he's been the kid in a lot of things. He was he was the kid in Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, for the entirety of that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been on a ton of stuff, but. If you're a Star Trek fan, 
He's part of that universe as well. He's in an episode from, I believe, season four of Next Generation called, um, shit. What is that episode called? Whoa, that's a good one. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. So, okay, Chad Allen, he's in an, I got to pull this up now. Go ahead. And, he's very uh, and keep much going. one of those kids that <laughs> I uh, I had a crush on. You know, he looks he falls, like '90s kid. He falls in that late '80s, early '90s blonde square jaw child that I the child me definitely had a TV oh, crush yeah. on. He's uh, he's he fits the bill of of uh, of that kid. He could at have your been school, the popular kid at your school. Yeah, exactly. The popular kid at your school. Okay, he was uh, he played Jono on an episode of uh, Next Generation where he was he was a human that this was probably five years later. So he's a human that gets picked up by an alien race as part of some thing, and mm-hmm. then uh, becomes and gets raised by them. Mm-hmm. And so they get. Uh, they he gets picked up by the Enterprise and they think he's been abused because he's it's this warrior race but mm-hmm. he's a, no, a normal human mm-hmm. and uh, and he's not communicating with them on their level mm-hmm. and the doctors think that he's being abused etc and and he wants to go back to his they don't uh, understand he was just raised by wolves he was raised by wolves it's that story and his real family wants him back but he wants to be with his alien dad even though he like they like. To get mm-hmm. physical with each other. Anyway, this kid, this is the no kid from that episode. And because um, they did the same thing in um, Deep Space Nine. They did. I remember this. It was one. the Cardassian kid mm-hmm. episode where everyone looked at him like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. So it's the same kind of bit. But yeah, he was on that episode of Next Generation and Dr. Quinn and all kind of weird shit. Like this movie's got a lot of people in it who you're like, I recognize that guy. Right. Well, this is where our creepy sales guy, Norton, asks for another a beer to take with them. What's that road, Heine? And we got to hit home again that he only does repairs. Mind and if I grab another Heine? This is where Stan goes ape shit, grabs a hammer, and beats the living F out of the satellite. Yeah, he just fucking slams on the satellite, and now he's like, and well, he's now like, it needs to be repaired. There. Now let's talk repairs. And... Of course, this is when our thundering uh, bolt of electricity appears in the sky. Yes, and so this thundering bolt of electricity comes down and and it hits the uh, it hits the the, the dish. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're watching this, please go to 7:22. And for the next minute, uh, Mr. Putterman's reaction shots are some of the the best worst acting I've ever seen. You he know, is so shocked. I would appreciate if someone would do a supercut of his reactions here. Oh, he it's has this like just... underbite thing where he pulls his jaw in and and. When everyone has a shocked reaction, it's the most shocked any person's ever been in the history of ever. Yes. Every time they're shocked, it is it is like uh, it's like they're playing to the back of the Some room. genre movies are known for their screams. This movie should be known for their shocked faces. Oh, this movie has the beautiful acting in it uh, rem- that that would be maybe rem- reminiscent of like a cut for time Saturday Night Live sketch. Yes. Uh, so lightning fixes the cable because technology. Sure. Um, Stan gives up and I mean, they, they kind of pit her off. And later that night we see Stan gathering his family in front of the TV with the largest switchboard I've ever seen. Because lightning has now fixed the cable because technology and they go through their big old switchboard. And what do they end on? Of course there's porn in there. Oh my God. They channel. So they channel 69. And I wrote down 
Nice. Yeah. They like get they get through like kung fu and troops and MTV, which I love that grandpa is like it's intellectual decay. Yeah, but grandpa wants to watch channel sixty nine. Hell yeah, he where does. It's they just all an orgy do. with that they that they leave on too long with their children and it's they disturbing. really do. And they finally settle on Medusa. Uh, Medusa, who is a it was, it's Elvira. Yeah, she's a great Elvira. I got very excited when they did this because this would have been El- when Elvira was real popular, right? Sure. Um, and in fact, I'm not even sure. Yeah, this would have been when she would have gone national because Elvira was local for the first like three years and got this huge popularity of being a local LA personality mm-hmm. um, because she was part of the Groundlings. And we're gonna do we're gonna do a whole thing on Cassandra Peterson and Elvira. I love Elvira so much. Um, I have a life size cutout of Elvira that just sits in the corner of my office. <laughs> yes, <laughs> looking over. Uh, yeah, she watches um, over you. Watching over uh, the patron saint of Schlock. Um, so we, I wrote down a Medusa's boobs. Yep. Um, and Can't miss them. that's all I wrote down. I wrote that down a few times. Just I wrote once down you know Holy Tatas you know. a couple times. Yes. Uh, they're great boobs. Oh my God. Uh, so that actress I looked up, she's not done, a, she didn't do a whole lot of things. She's a bunch of little bit parts. She'd come on uh, Carson, uh, Johnny Carson every mm-hmm. once in a while. I think she's just one of those boob actresses. You know what I mean? Sure. I imagine she had back problems at a later age. <laughs> oh no. Um, it's, it's a difficult life. So this is where we find out, uh, where, well, well, this is where the, the, um, the daughter, Susie mm-hmm. asks if she can, um, use the, was it, she can use the hot tub later. Yeah. Because um, her boyfriend's coming over. Well, her boyfriend comes over. Um, we she get says that first... her boyfriend's coming over and his name is OD. Which, yeah, is which is hilarious. Really well, he shows up and because he rings the doorbell, she runs and grabs the well, door. Well, there's a good line when he shows up and says his name's OD before he comes in. And she tells her dad that he's his name's OD. And the dad says, uh, says OD. Uh, she goes, OD, my new boyfriend. She goes, hmm, OD, Irish boy. Mm-hmm. That was a really funny joke. That was joke. a good one. Uh, I had to, anytime there's a really actual good joke in this, I had to call that out. So now we meet OD, who is. As 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 much of a Ramones meets the Clash meets every punk mm-hmm. band in the eighties. He's your metal punk rocker. Yes, he uh, he's your metal punk rocker. So it's a generic eighties amalgamation of genre. Yeah, and this is where um, Mom Raquel has the best line where she. Yes, so the Susie asks if she can if they can borrow the jacuzzi tonight, and uh, to which Raquel says, "Your father and I might be swinging." So we learn very quickly because you don't notice the artwork in the house yet. You don't. Because they don't show any of it. No, they do a really great job. You can just tell it's like high pop, like pop 80s pop art. Yes. And at this point, I I had written down earlier that this feels like this is like Pee Wee's Playhouse for adults. Mm -hmm. And I love it so much. I want that's all I want. All I want is Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Playhouse for Adults. Yep. Uh, and, and, and and you get it in this movie. Yep. But this is where you start to realize everyone in this fucking movie is so horny. So horny. So so the parents, they're swingers, and they yep. go off to uh, to get ready for well, their swinging date. I lo- so the daughter is appropriately disgusted, and her and OG leave for their date. And then we have this great shot of mom and dad, Stan and Raquel, in the bathroom getting ready and... She, they're talking about OD and how they disapprove. And Except approve. for the mom is super turned on by him. She's so clearly turned on by him. Um, and she comments that it's a phase. And dad makes a joke that it probably won't last long. And like about the, the dumb things guys do for girls as he's putting on the sleaziest like, yeah, he's disco talking about, outfit. He's talking about how, how weird he's dressed as he's putting on some super 
token 70s disco swinger thing with like the biggest chains i've ever yes, it's, completely it's, oblivious that he could be talking about himself it's such a it's such a ham-fisted joke and, and there's a lot this movie's full of hats on hats on hats on hats it is. Um, sorry i had an ant on the table for some reason i had to to squish it um i don't know that that would have been heard no but i put the thing who gives a shit i had to call it out uh, <laughs> this after is where that, grandpa the, tries to change the channel and things start to get a little weird yeah so grandpa pulls out his loose jerky at this point that I was like, was he got loose beef jerky? And then he, that's when he explains that he's mm-hmm. a lizard jerky guy, mm-hmm. you know, like you are. I'm thinking, of, you know what? The more I watch this movie, I'm thinking about becoming a lizard jerky guy. You know, we got to be sustainable. It is. It is. Technically, it's sustainable. The question is, I don't think it's biologically uh, moral. <laughs> you don't know. Is it the ethics that you. Also, it's gross. Yeah, it's it's really gross. Um, so they're going through the TV channels, mm-hmm. and they land on. I want to, I want to say they land on Robot Monster. Um, yeah, they do for, so for a brief minute. Robot Monster. They they use a lot of movies in this that have been in public domain for a while mm-hmm. because you do that in movies when they're when you're looking for B movies. And one of them we're gonna watch at some point. It's a movie called Robot Monster. It's a I believe it's a Corman. Uh, it's only an hour long, and the monster in the movie is literally an, a guy in a gorilla suit with. Uh, like a diving helmet on the gorilla <laughs> mm-hmm, suit mm-hmm. and uh spoiler alert when the gorilla suit opens there's just a skull in there sweet it's a it's batshit crazy but as soon as i saw it i got excited because it was like that was one of the first like b movies i got a copy of and mm-hmm. i was like this is insane uh so they're watching all that and they land up on um on medusa they decide they're gonna watch medusa well this is where they actually they hit the they we we see our gross giant monster on the TV again, taking up the full screen, and they decide that it's really boring because he's just sitting there. So they go back to Medusa, which they'd settled on. And I loved that prior um, Grandpa had agreed to Medusa, not just because of the Tatas, but because horror and um, B-movies were purposeful. He found that horror and military films are survivalists. So there's like a, a purpose behind yeah, there was a there him. was a There's a lot of those little in things that are, are written in there that are clearly from the the writer going like uh-huh these ham, are my little yep ham fist in this character thoughts. now later i think they do some actual ham fisting yes they do um and grandpa and the kid fall asleep in front of the tv and then the tv starts doing all kinds of weird Ooh, things it goes haywire flashing and going hazy and and then all of a sudden we start seeing this eyeball monster so so the our afterbirth monster now pops up on the screen Mm-hmm. And it wakes them up because it pops out of the screen. Well, he wakes up Sherman because he's you know doing his little tentacle thing yeah. under the blankets. And uh, and and so they wake up, start screaming, see the thing. Yep. It starts screaming. They see the giant tentacle eyeball. It's your it's your 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 token farce. They they jump behind the couch. The monster disappears back into the TV, mm-hmm. and then they pop up. So yep. and and it's funny to me because. Immediately, Sherman knows it's a monster, but Grandpa goes, "That wasn't a monster. That was a, a what do you say? It was a goddamn burglar. burglar. Had to be a burglar." So they run to Grandpa's bunker. So now we're meeting Grandpa's bunker, which is essentially just what I wished my childhood bedroom had always been. Right. You walk into a room that is so sunken, it's a floor below it, yep. and you just you walk down a, a a ladder down into your. I, if you take out all the military shit and the weird uh, convalescence of different American and 
mm-hmm. Confederate flags and mm-hmm. the, army all the shit. propaganda stuff. If you it's... take this out, if you take out the idea that this is just an army surplus store that they just bought and mm-hmm. then shoved in this room, mm-hmm. this would have been my ideal childhood bedroom. Yes, it is so cool and fun. And dare I say, this room is its own uh, character in itself because there's so <laughs> layers upon layers. This character is like the 14th character in this movie. Oh my god, it's the character. So... This this, this room, and um, so they they start gearing up, which is really surprising because he's just handing uh Sherman the grandkid machine guns. Oh yeah, he's handing him all kinds of bullshit. And at this point, uh, at this point, while they have a lot of needless exposition that genuinely doesn't matter, no, um, they. Norton shows up again. Yep, our satellite repair guy pulls up and is trying to get an answer at the door. But He's the first car that pulls up. Yes, the first of many. So I started keeping a tally. Well, I didn't really notice what was going on until toward the end, and it was it was when it dawned on me, and I really paid attention to it, I thought it was brilliant. It, it was it so brilliant. funny. It's truly brilliant. <clears throat> so Norton pulls up in his in his thing, and he's drunk, mm-hmm. of course. Still. Uh, and and comes back because now he's going to do quote repairs, mm-hmm. and, um, and he's pissed. He's pissed that he didn't get a road beer. That's really all he's mad about. Yeah, he's mad he didn't get a road beer, and now he's double mad because he goes back to find the satellite box that is exploded with alien goop. Yep, because when the alien came through, all of his weird um, vegetation uh, got stuck through the it. box. Right. So he starts trying to fix this thing and says a lot of bad jokes. In fact, I, this is the thing about Norton. This repair guy is doing way too much. And for this movie, that is saying a lot. <laughs> like this character, the guy playing him, is so over the top in a different movie that it it almost like Norton almost doesn't fit in this movie. He's killing it. And everyone in this movie is extremely over the top. Mm-hmm. But he almost doesn't or doesn't fit in this world, which is weird. Yeah. It really says something. Um and then so Gramps and Sherman hold Norton up at gunpoint questioning him and they're suspicious of him they think that he maybe he was the burglar yep and he kind of talks him down so they have to go and search investigate the house right and this is where we start to see the artwork oh my god i wrote down this house has the best horny pop art so this entire house is filled with bondage art Mm -hmm. uh horny like sex Mm -hmm. things like there's people in leather but Mm -hmm. they're all done like in pop art in fact my favorite one is the orgy, the, the the like weird bondage leather orgy one that you see first. Yes. I love that print. The and S&M I, art in the I actually bedroom. want a copy of it. I want to know who did the artwork for this movie because some of it is fabulous. You know prints exist. Oh, yes. They have to. Um, and then I uh, there's a nipple fountain. Okay. This is the fountain that Grandpa hangs his sign on when he first arrives and this it's not turned on immediately. Right. So we we realize later when Gramps leaves Sherman in the entryway and he goes and makes a drink that this fountain in the entryway is a like Greek woman. It's like a Venus de Milo. Yes. But the nipples are fully functioning. Yes. And they're she's lactating. Sh- they're shooting water into the fountain. Yes. And and what it, the, the what the thing is is they don't show you this stuff because we don't know they're swingers yet. Mm-hmm. When we find out they're swingers, what they've done is they've set the scene to bring somebody back. Yes, and they've made it into quote what the what the dad calls quote his pleasure palace. Oh, he has many great names, and I and definitely as soon wrote as he called it the pleasure palace in the beginning, I was like, uh oh, mm-hmm. what's about to happen here? Oh, I know. So Norton gets fully wrecked by the afterbirth monster at this point. Yeah, he. Um uh, escapes and totally eats Norton and he jumps back in um, to the like through the satellite and into the living room yes 
this is where he confronts grandpa. Yeah, these happened back to back and so fast that I was like, oh no. I so, almost couldn't process that Norton died. Yeah. Granted, I was glad he died because he got he got he got juiced. He got juiced good and fast. And uh and so and then grandpa is now in there in there and he sees the monster yep. and then immediately gets juiced. Yep. Because I was like, oh no, grandpa juice. Grandpa juice spills everywhere. And the monster has this really sweet like crab claw thing and he like smishes and pinches the head but like somehow is grandpa doesn't have battery acid or coolant for blood no but but he juices people (laughs) he does that's the best way i could explain it i kept trying to figure out a good way to put that (laughs) and it's that this monster juices people so every time someone died i just wrote juiced so (laughs) grandpa got juiced and there's grandpa juice everywhere oh it's so gooey and it's so gooey everything in this movie is gooey and of course Sherman comes in and, and finds Grandpa. Be- yeah, the monster just electrifies back into the TV. And puddle, puddle del Sherman Grandpa. runs back. Puddle del Abuelo? Blech. Abuelo? Yeah, yep. okay. Sherman runs back <laughs> to the bunker to call the police, who reasonably think he's pranking them. Yes, and he and the cop said that he would come down and, quote, arrest his ass. Okay, this is a child. Uh-huh. And the entire time, so the, the, the kid calls the, the cops to tell them clearly. Please, officer, help me. Help me. And he tries to tell him what's going on. And the cop. So threatens this kid. So threatens this kid and says, quote, I would come down and arrest your ass. But luckily for you, I've got some real police emergencies to attend to. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird sentence in and of itself. And I'm not even going to break it down because I don't want to spend three hours on this movie. I could spend three hours just on the ideology of the police system in this film. We spent basically three hours on dog soldiers, and I get it. I know. but We spent basically three hours on <laughs> caged heat. and There was a lot to talk to. about. I, I really enjoyed, had a good time, and I'm not going to spend three hours on it, I promise, as we are at hour one. Um, with that, this is where, uh, the parents finally get back. They return and dad has a sweet Porsche. Did you catch his license plate? Oh no. What does his license plate say? Mr. Cool. Oh no. So they pull up, uh, followed by, followed by another car. Mm -hmm. And, and so now you're getting more cars pulling up into this driveway. And as, and, and, and I noticed on the side of the repair guy's car Mm -hmm. that they're in Malibu. Yeah. So this makes perfect sense that this house is supposed to be in Malibu, and mm-hmm. these people are They're in the these canyons. weird people. Are They've supposed got to be a Malibu. lot of money. They've got a lot of land. They don't have. Well, they have. They're an, pretty secluded. They have an amazing indoor pool, and I'm super jealous of their indoor. It's pool. It's a spool. I love this house. I would never decorate my house this way because no. it's it's a weird mismatch of things. Yes. But the artwork is fabulous. It's very like Greek architecture with oh no, 80s pop it's art. It's with Roman. Yeah, you're right. We're about to get to that. (laughs) So now we meet the other swingers. Yes. Uh, They all come in. So we meet our other swingers, which I can't remember their names. I think Cherry. It's Cherry and... um, Spiro. Spiro. Who is Greek. However, I had to write down a couple of times, where the fuck is this guy from? Because he's doing things from every just general Greek area I have a theory about Spiro he's like Greek Spanish Italian Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he's he's definitely he's definitely Greek like that he says he well that's not true I was Mm -hmm. like I I was trying to figure out what he was from until he starts the Greek speech yeah so yeah we'll get there so they show up with their their um their swinger group and immediately Sherman comes out and starts to 
it's holding a real gun, mm-hmm. uh, points it at, at the swingers, mm-hmm. and starts yelling about a monster, to which uh, Raquel, the mother, mm-hmm. immediately starts screaming at him. Oh, my God. To go into his room and threatening the child. With pills. <laughs> with pills, which we learn later, he does, he, he quote, uh, walks around when he sleeps or some shit. Uh-huh. Um, which is very funny in hindsight. So every once in a while it gets real tense in this movie where I'm like, this is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Why are they do? Why would you do this? But then I have to remind myself. 1986. Well, not even just 1986. These are all bits. Sure. They're just doing bits. Yes. So I keep having to like come down from it knowing that nothing, that this movie is not being serious at any point. Mm-hmm. Even when it seems like it's being serious and they're playing it to be serious, they're not being serious. It's not. So. So it makes a little it makes it a little easier pill to swallow. But she is shaking this kid and throwing him around because she wants to fuck two random people she just brought to her house. Yeah, with his dad. She's this is so on weird. Spiro and Sherman's screwing it up for her. Yeah, and it's so it's so weird. And then she so she. This is where Stan first calls. He goes, "It's okay. Like I'll take him to the pleasure pin." Well, in front of the kid too, and and the 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 other the Cherry the mm-hmm. uh, the the woman that shows up is ready to leave because she's like a kid is here which yep. if i'm going to be honest if i'm going to somebody's house yeah with a significant other if mm-hmm. we were going to someone's house to do some swinging mm-hmm. and a kid showed up mm-hmm. i'd be like uh, okay bye okay bye um just because come on man so uh so they sh- she goes to she shushes him away this whole family needs therapy they and i do. keep writing that this is the first this is one of many therapy moments in this film mm-hmm. she takes him to grandpa's uh grandpa's room yep and knocks on the door well grandpa opens the door <clears throat> or, or she opens the door and grandpa pops his head out because he peeks out from behind a cabinet i'm excited now because this fucking monster is doing things like from the thing mm-hmm. and it's fabulous because it's impersonating people i'm like oh thank god this is such a good thread because mm-hmm. they're killing too many characters too early mm-hmm. this is smart and grandpa was such a great character that you don't kind of don't want to lose him right so what's funny is that he only says a few things mm-hmm. but it's exactly what you need he keeps saying he's taking care of business which yep. really sounds like he's masturbating in there sure which makes sense to mom she's got to take care of business yeah. and she's he's got all, things to he's do. all goopy Yep. Because he's sort Everything's of looks goopy. like the monster, but sort of is a mutation mm-hmm. of that. So the mom just believes that's grandpa because she's horned up as hell. And if anybody knows anything about being horned up, mm-hmm. it's like seeing red in a fight. Yep. So she and throws she ignores, Herman in there. Even though, um, even though Sherman showed her the goop that was grandpa's sludge in the living She's room, ignored all of this. She's just, she's just pissed that there's a mess. Because, yes, because she's got a slip and slide going on and she needs to, uh, she needs to go down Alligator Alley. Yep. And, um, sweet reference for, for child for children of the nineties. <laughs> um, so she shoves Herman in there with not grandpa. Sherman. Herman's our dog. Sherman. Herman is our, one of our dogs. Um, Herman Munster mm-hmm. and Edward Herman Munster. See, double double B movie. Yes, we build a dog named. Um, so she shoves him in there with not not Grandpa mm-hmm. and goes back to uh, the pleasure dome. The pleasure dome. The pre- the pleasure palace. So what's really great <coughs> is that when Stan, meanwhile, while Mom and Sherman are talking to not Grandpa, Stan is taking the couple through the pleasure den, which and then to the pleasure dome. Where we get to see some, this is where we really get to see more of the the artwork, the artifacts of oh this, the hot hot eighties. There's so many paintings, in this and movie. we and also get to. I'm going to watch first... this again because there's so many paintings I know I missed, and so I want to see great. them all. This is where we get to first see our uh, alien 
from Star Trek pleading on the TV, but we don't know what yes. he's saying. We get so, our first glimpse that he's trying to communicate. He starts coming through the satellite trying to tell people to be careful. Mm-hmm. And all uh, a horny dad wants to do is show them how cool all of his automated things are. So mm-hmm. the pool starts having jets. It's a hot tub. Uh, he The music starts playing way too loud for Cherry. She mm-hmm. doesn't like it. Uh, she does that move a couple times where she covers her ears. The TV starts <laughs> going. She's trying to figure out what that movie is. And um, and at this point, uh, at this point, the dad mm-hmm. tells them to go get, or the mom wants to go get a drink with Spiro. Yeah. So, so they're going to split off and get flirty. Yeah. And this is where things kind of get weird because um, Raquel and Spiro go to make drinks, leaving Stan and Cherry alone. And this Cherry is where- almost immediately wants to get into her bathing suit and get in that pool. You know, you have no idea. She literally is wearing her bathing suit under her dress. Yes. And it's a real, real hot 80s bathing suit. Yep. So she Mm. asks to get in. Cherry's smoking hot. Rips her dress off and is wearing one of the hottest 80s bikinis she's ever seen. Also, she's already made so many hardcore and porno jokes. And she's clearly, like, the character has clearly been in porn. And she's trying to make these, like, the double entendres. Mm -hmm. It's really ridiculous. But I like this character. It's fun. She's she really gets great. in this she's pool. All of us. But here's something that dawned on me too is that <coughs> she's all of us. That um, I'd say something he says to her is the least sexy thing I've ever heard a person say to somebody. That he sh- that the pool is uh, at 98.6 degrees. It's like swimming in your mother's womb. <coughs> Gross. <coughs> Not cool. So at this point, uh, we. <laughs> This we, is where uh, Pluton breaks in on our, the TV. Our, our first, I wanted to go back to one thing that, that Spiro said. Mm. He said he makes a wonderful margarita. Very unusual. Yeah, and it's horrifying. It's an ouzo margarita. When we get to watch him make this ouzo margarita, you're going to want to die. This is where I can't figure out where the hell this guy's supposed to be from, even though he's trying to be Greek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Before we get to him making these drinks and this conversation that he has with Raquel, um, the alien breaks in on the TV and we finally get to hear him pleading and issuing his warning. And He um, is Pluton mm-hmm. from Pluton, try harder. It is so bad, warning the people of Earth. And then um, he cuts in, Medusa cuts back in. Right, and so Nathan... Uh, this is where Sherman calls into the show. Sherman calls into the show because she wants people to call in. They're doing a call-in uh, segment. Yep. El Medusa and, uh, is taking calls. And I love that that <coughs> she answers the phone by saying, me here. Mm-hmm. Who's there? And she hears <laughs> Sherman out for a minute, but then she totally, she she shames him for like lying to her, thinking he's making stuff up again. Of course. It's my boy who cried wolf. And thing. then she starts messing with him and talking to him through the TV, like calling him out. But she's not. It's not her. It's the monster. Yeah. He's now fucking with uh, the, this, the TV. This is an amazing bit. I loved this part. So it cuts immediately to what Katie's just talking about, where he's now, the monster's now impersonating Medusa mm-hmm. to pull to lure uh, Sherman, Sherman to the window, mm-hmm. and then there's a jump scare where the monster pops up. That was great. Really, really good. Basically, just said you know good night and leaves him in there by himself. Yes, and then we cut back to Mom, who's Raquel and Spiro, where he's making the most fucked up, disgusting margaritas I've ever seen in my life. And we have to talk about this scene. This is where things take an interesting turn. Mm-hmm. So this turn, this whole thing, and I realize what they're doing. 
because of the 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 actors in this scene and sure. what the the vibe of this thing is. So he's making this gross drink. He's asking. He's essentially asking. Uh, I love the way he Raquel. Asks. He asks if he's if he, a manly man. If he's a manly man and if he takes it like a man. Right. So he's asking if he swings both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, he explains that he's Greek. That he's into boys. Yes, he sees things like he's Greek, and she's like, "I know you're Greek." He's like, "No, no, no, no. I am. I'm into. I'm into boys, as yeah. in he's in a Greek lifestyle, mm-hmm. which is also like you never said if you're Greek, and now I can't figure out if you're actually Greek because you said it, and then you said that you're not Greek, Greek, but you're definitely so. I have Greek. a theory. What? I think that he's actually Cherry's best friend, indiscriminately, and ethnic. he decided to go out as a character tonight. Spiro's not his real name. He's just like playing, like given a fake name at a bar. Yes. And he forgot where he's really from. He doesn't know if he's Italian, Greek, or Spanish. This character hangs out with uh, with with Uncle Jesse's Greek cousin Stavros on Full House. <laughs> yes, and he introduced him to the gay bar, but didn't realize it was a gay bar, but he's the most fabulous one there. But also, he swings both ways. He's bisexual. Yes. He's clearly bisexual. He's very bisexual and has the most... Now, uh, obscure way of sharing it. Now, this is what's odd. What uh, we find out that they haven't been swinging that much. They just started this journey, mm-hmm. um, and despite the investment they've made in their home, yes, this weird sexual investment they've made in their house. I don't know. I can't get quite into that. But what struck me as weird is this is where it becomes extremely homophobic. Mm-hmm. So this is this is where it's the eighties. But also, I think that they're doing a commentary, like they're doing this in jest, mm-hmm. because, like I said. This is that era of, like, she came from that weird New York Warhol scene where everyone's fucking everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, they're clearly doing a bit here on on homophobes. Sure. But because it's the 80s and the way it's played, it's played for the joke. It's not played right. Mm-hmm. And it's played to where they're just awful. But they get it real quick. But, so basically, she is offended that well, he's she's gay. like, I can't wait to tell Stan. And then when she t- tells Stan, which she's is horrified. Awful, she's horrified. And, and now he's incensed. He is just offended. And he's he goes, so mad. He goes to confront um, Stanley, who has then gone to join um, Spiro. And I want to talk about this scene where um, Raquel is talking to like Stanley's ready to do a hate crime. He is like he's that kind of mad. And I'm like, whoa, calm down. So when Spiro got back to the Pleasure Dome where Cherry was waiting for him in the pool, this is a great scene. It is so cool. It's and just beautiful. her. It's, so it's foggy. It's a it's a fully sm- smoked, fogged out pool top, yep. and you only see Cherry's head. Kind yep, of at the bobbing. other end of the pool. And I love that it's sort of bobbing. I was mm-hmm. waiting for it to move around more, but it, it, it's really it's bobbing. It's the perfect bobbing of like, she's not floating. Like that's, that's just, too... a, like it's a puppet. It's yes. a cherry puppet. It is. And he's being all sexy. And he gets in the pool and makes his way towards her. In his her. little tiny bathing European bathing suit. He has the suit. best Speedo on. And he talks about how the water is like slimy. Yeah, he said, what is this? Uh, what is this? Is is algae and then pulls up some of the, the goop yep. to which he says ah maybe it is a sex lubricant but he's still turned on he's still turned on and, that's my favorite who and, says you know, sex like, lubricant and creeps towards her until we hear a crunch and then this is where stan you know comes oh, in oh dude spiro's pool up. death hold on that was a great death because he comes in real close to her yeah. and then you see this like claw 
come up quickly out of the water that we've never seen before, like it's mutated and goes schwap and get and slaps on the sides of his head and we mm-hmm. hard cut. Well, that's that was the claw a great I was talking about cut. That got grandpa. This is a bigger claw. Yeah, it, it, it's grown. Yeah, no, like he's got like it's clear that he can pull other things out of his right. body because sometimes he just uses his like weird tongue. Oh, we're gonna talk about this tongue. We'll get there. Um, and this is where I love. Th- this is a slimed jacuzzi. Yeah. This is where Stan. He says a line that is really awful. He <laughs> says the jacuzzi. When he said jacuzzi, that made me laugh because the line he said was horrific. So he walks in there and he goes, he goes, what did that? Because the jacuzzi is full of goop. Oh. And he walks in and he's pissed because this guy's actually into dudes and says, what did this homo do to the jacuzzi? That is one of the f- most, the both offensive and funny lines I've ever oh, heard. My God! And it and because it's so jarring and weird. Yes, I also refer to it as a jacuzzi from here on. Oh yeah, from now on it's the jacuzzi. Um, and the monster is in the jacuzzi and <laughs> jumps out and stabs Stan, and then the monster kind of barks at, at Raquel. Yeah, so this is the first time we start to go. Was it barking? Yeah, this monster really doesn't know what to like do what with its do. mouth and the sounds it makes. And, and later I realized so the this parents, sound... the hom- so homophobes get juiced. That's what you got to know is that if you're a homophobe and you're near space monsters, you're getting juiced. Well, if you're in a jacuzzi, you're gonna get juiced. Yeah, don't get juiced near the jacuzzi. Yep. Um, I hate a juicy jacuzzi. Then we cut back to, to guaranteed uh, Sherman back in the bomb shelter who uh, calls the police again because he overhears um, what's happening. Um, You know, he's locked in there. We forgot to mention that mom literally padlocks him into the bomb shelter with not grandpa. So he's arming up at this point. Well, he calls the police again who still don't believe him. And he decides he's got to bust out. So he gets explosives from the locker and blows the door off that mother. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, Susie and O.D. return. Yeah, so we get another car in the driveway. He has a sweet Mustang. Oh, my God. And it's got all kind of shit spray painted on it and Oh, stuff. he's customized this thing. There's it's like a, a skull on it. It's your token punk car in the 80s. Like, it is just covered in punk things. Yeah. But what's so good to me, like, so now I'm starting to notice, like, oh, this is kind of genius because they have not we changed really- the shot where people pull in. It's the same exact... Yep driveway shot and every time they just add a car so now there's five cars in the driveway it's, it's a quick shot too yep we've got so a good. beetle suburban the porsche the swingers mercedes and now we've got the uh, 60s mustang yes and this quaint little pileup is just quickly becoming my fa- favorite little insert joke already so i got so excited when Susie and od came back and they come in to see. They come in hot. You know what? Real quick, before we get farther, I do need to. I need to talk to you about one more actor in this movie. Okay. You know who Od is? No. Od. I was thrown by the wig. Yeah, and and I was like, man, this guy's familiar. Who is this guy? Okay, Od is John Grise or Grease. I'm not how, sure how to pronounce his name. G R I E S. First of all, he's Uncle Rico. Oh. In Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. He's been in. A ton of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things that you would definitely recognize him from. But, I mean, he's been in. He was in Real Genius. Uh, this movie, he was in Running Scared in the 80s. He was in Monster Squad, Fright Night Part 2. Uh, so much shit. In in Supernatural, he's Martin Creaser. 
He's Martin, the guy in the uh, who's in the mental uh, hospital that they right. go to when they have to get admitted to that ward. And then, spoiler alert for Supernatural, if you want to watch this, skip like 15 seconds. He's also the one who um, frames his vampire friend who comes back from purgatory and then mm-hmm. ends up getting killed mm-hmm. because he wants so bad to be a dude again. Mm-hmm. The little squirrely guy. That's OD. That's crazy. Like he wants to monster hunt again. That's crazy. So yeah, this guy, this guy's been in so much stuff. Cause I could, I totally, I recognized him. I was like, there's something about that face, man. Mm-hmm. He's doing a, he's doing something in this movie that is going like, I recognize this fucking guy. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's, that's who that is. But so OD and Susie, uh, finally show up again mm-hmm. and I'm like, cool. We have another. Cause we killed everyone else in the movie. <laughs> yes. And this is, Sherman holds him up at gunpoint immediately again, because you know, he doesn't know what else to do. He's With a real scared gun. out of his mind. He has a machine gun. I thought this was a really funny little scene. It was really because great. he kept pointing the gun at Od, uh-huh. and then he would push the gun away, but he wouldn't push it away. He'd push it to Susie, yep, and, and then, then Susie would push, push it back, back to him, him, and it would go back and forth. It was so good. And then she asked if he was t- if he if it if he needed his pills. Yep, she doesn't believe him. Threatens to which pills Od again. says, "Pills? What color?" Yep, I thought it was so. funny. I loved that as well. Um, so Sherman's like, "Follow me." And OD thinks he's going to get some pills, but he uh, shows them where Gramps, you know. Shows them the goop spot. He OD steps on Gramps, and there's a great fart foley. This, the, all the foley in this movie sounds like, every time that monster is so goopy that the sound effects are like, uh, what did I hear? I was on a, I was listening to Podcast versus Monster Zero, and uh, they had Jordan Morris on from Jordan Jesse Go. And Jordan Morris said that this octopus monster in this Godzilla movie they were watching mm-hmm. so it sounded like what did he say it sounded like the foley for this octopus monster was someone uh someone in a someone in a uh a cum soaked wetsuit getting spanked with a tennis racket wow you know and I know exactly what that sounds like though I have probably never heard it <laughs> This particular monster growl sounds like a li- like a gurgling lion's roar. It's this. Well, it's not the growl. It's the goopiness of it. It's the. Yeah, there's. Not sorry. There's just this this gurgling that yeah. is constantly happening. Uh, so they see the goop, and she immediately just wants to go get mom and dad, which makes the most sense. Sure, she's hands down the most logical person in this film, which is really saying something, because she's an 80s teen. And everyone in this movie needs therapy. Um, And we're about to reach our next biggest therapy moment. I really love when she takes uh, Sherman to the bedroom, and the monster's clearly in the master bedroom. Having an orgy with himself. Yep, and these covers are just, I mean... It's itself like a wave i don't know this, there's no real binary for this no monster no um the i really love so before they even get there they find puke city in the slime jacuzzi <laughs> sherman shoots the jacuzzi and <laughs> um Odie immediately turns on the Fucking tv jacuzzi. because what else are you gonna do this is when we go to the master bedroom and we have a good like grandparents from charlie and chocolate factory moment were all for but it's swingers yes and all of their heads are now popping up so on the mom and dad covers. in the middle and they're all slimy and goopy which you'd think they would be yep. anyway if they were swinging they'd be all slimy and swimming. i mean it's lube it's algae lube <laughs> algae sex lube and they're just covered and which fun fact they do make um natural lubricants out of algae yes yes they do um stay lubricated guys stay safe um, stay very very safe 
my favorite was that mom was like, remember, kids, you do your thing. We do ours. And she's yeah, like, super creepy. So Susie asks about grandpa because Sherman's like, he's dead. And his head pops out between grandpa, mom and dad. I laughed so hard when this happened. So grandpa's head pops up because grandpa's hanging out in there, too. And what does grandpa say? The only thing the monster can make him say, I'm just taking care of some business. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And to which she's grossed out, and yep. we all are. But she's this like, that's is, totally sicko. This is one of the biggest therapy moments in the movie. But it's at this point that I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. Yes. And even everything's even falling in on Sherman, because this is when Sherman immediately starts to question himself. He's like, am I... <laughs> Wouldn't you? I mean, is everything wrong? Did, am I just seeing things? Yeah. Like, Until they go back to the... Jacuzzi. Jacuzzi. At which point... We get the monster again. Yes. And um, Odie is, is seeing the alien pleading with, on them with the TV again. Yep. And He's giving more instructions. Yep. And she's bits. trying to get um, Sherman to go to bed because she just wants to hang out with her boyfriend. She wants to get, have sex with her boyfriend. Everyone's horny. Yeah, and then the monster pops back up. He electrifies in through the TV, swiping at Odie, and everybody freaks out because right. now she can't deny it anymore. Yep, it's a monster. Susie and Odie. We have, have a chase down the hallway. The monster. He almost gets Odie, but Odie's like punk armbands and yeah. like reminds him of the like studded gloves from his home planet. So he, he reminds has this, him of like, like flashback. this guy, right? And then he starts growling and barking because he's barking at them again. And yeah. at this point, I'm starting to think, wait a minute, is he some type of dog? He's a dog. Right. And then immediately we see he is a dog. Yes. He's getting pets and lovin'. At which point, this movie became went from super gross incest orgies to extremely sweet. Yes. So he doesn't want to kill O.D. because he recognizes O.D. as his owner. Yeah. So he re- he, he associates the, the, he associates the, the leather armbands with love and he stops attacking him. And then he... he uh, we have another ant. Where are all these ants coming from up here? Man, flick it away. This flick is it crazy. Don't flick it. Katie's flicking bugs on me, <laughs> leaving all this in for evidence. Take that. Um. So at this point, O.D. This... feeds him something out of his pocket, and it looks like a sausage. Yeah, why does O.D. have, have like, like a, a pocket a sausage? He has like a pocket full of Vienna sausages. And, uh, and then you cut to them all sitting around a pile of food from the fridge and all of this OG food packaging is amazing. Oh my God. It's so great. The carnation instant breakfast. And yes. Stuff in there. <coughs> so the series, <coughs> the series of like little shots and vignettes of the kids teaching the monster things is really great. Cause we start with teaching them food. Uh, we got to teach them music, which is almost as important as food. Um, OG yeah. puts on a cassette and it's his band. Yeah, his band is really funny and it's horrible. And this is what I think that maybe Zappa, Zappa was, Frank Zappa was considered to help write was like maybe it was his band stuff. Yeah, yeah, maybe that was it. I guess you know, that would make sense, but I just feel like that's a lot of work for just such a throwaway scene. Exactly. You know I mean? Which is probably why he said no. No. Um, also, this he probably read the script. But to be like, honest, no. I think Zappa would have liked this movie. Really, really fun. You it's know, a and I had the the, uh, the the realization at this point. I'm like, they don't give a fuck that this monster ate their family. And then no, I was like, over it. but she also thinks that they're just swinging in bed. Yeah, they they that's the thing. They're they're better off. To be honest, yeah, they're better off thinking mom and dad they're are. They're better off swinging. with dead parents. They are. This is this the is first true. movie I've seen and gone like, oh, yeah. So this is why, this is the scenario in which Batman would have been much better off. Yep. This is, and then the kids start, um, 
teaching Monster to watch the TV, and then they start scheming. Um, also, about the kid gets do. sneezed on by the monster, and it's goopy. Oh, that's and great! You know, that's I a wrote trope. That down. That's a trope that lasted from about 1980 to 1990. Little kid gets sneezed on, a big gloopy thing by a monster or yep. thing in a movie. Don't see that much anymore. Thanks Jurassic Park. They kind of thanks COVID finished that one, and then COVID just killed it um so the, so Susie starts scheming with what she wants to do she wants to make yeah, they money. want to make money off the monster so now everyone in this movie is terrible no one in this movie is a good guy yep they, they now kinda, want to make mo- money off they of argue because sherman's the one who found him yep but od's the one who got him to relate and has started teaching him things and everyone's terrible um, so here's their plan they're going to now they're going to get him on tv medusa's boobs Medusa's boobs. That's another point that I wrote. Yeah, she's back on TV. She's signing off, and she hopes we have real wet nightmares. Yep. Which I really love that line. So they essentially try to call her and try to convince her that they have this monster. And she's immediately like, no, it's not the thing. You're that kid that called earlier, to which yeah. Susie takes over and invites her to a party at her house yep. to see the monster. And she's like, don't count on me, which is code for I'll be there. Oh, 100% be there. Um, And they don't really know what they're going to do. But this is when we get to see that this monster has a quick little temper. And it says, so we catch a little more exposition from um, Pluthon. Uh, He he hear him say that, uh, quote, any excitement can trigger a monstrous eating binge, which Mm -hmm. is exactly how I felt during the quarantine. Exactly. I've been dealing with this myself. Um, we get another ring at the doorbell, and this is when finally our police show up with a warrant for Sherman. Finally, they show up with a warrant for the arrest Why? of a small child for just calling the cops a couple times. Yep. That's not enough. They don't. Okay. I thought he had real police business. He had real to police deal business with. to do. So uh, at this point, the monster's going nuts again after we've learned that any excitement mm-hmm. will, will mess he him up. He loses his shit. And OD makes a bad decision. Well, you know what? When you tell someone, I said, shut up, butthole, you're going to get it. Yeah. When you call somebody a butthole, that's grounds to get juiced. And OD got juiced. Oh, he got juiced hard. He eats his face with his tongue face. Yep. So OD gets hella juiced. And uh, I really like this effect. All the effects are so good. OD gets juiced. And then they hear gunshots uh, Mm -hmm. in the front, at which point... Here comes Sherman yep. running up with a loaded weapon. Yep. And trying to and he takes uh Susie down the hallway. The cop chases yep. after and points a loaded gun at at Sherman. However, Sherman was asking for it because he had a loaded assault rifle and threw a live grenade. He threw a grenade in his living room at the monster. So this is one of the first times I'm on the cop's side. Cop yep. has full rights yep. here. The police officer <laughs> wants to arrest Sherman at gunpoint, but Susie and Sherman get into the shelter just in time. Last second. And, and the, the grenade did nothing. The cop decides to investigate and he's all like, damn you kids. And he goes to shoot the monster, which is a huge mistake. Oh yeah, because the cop now uh, gets juiced. You been juiced. You been juiced. Five O been juiced. This is where Sherman realizes that the spaceman on the TV was right, and Susie is learning that the monster ate OD. Yep, and his plan is to quote blow his butt to kingdom come. Yep. So now they're gonna fight hard. And uh, um. And they just now realize that that thing ate their weird parents in the next scene. 
Yeah, we're about to really, we're about to figure that out. So they cut to uh, the bedroom where the parents are. So she just still wants to get the parents. Yep. Um, but he wants to kill everything. So he gives her a gun and she's got it and they're locked and loaded. She, yeah, but he follows her into the bedroom. My favorite is they walk in and she's about to investigate the bed. But what does he do? He pops the TV with the butt of his... He, yeah. <laughs> he unplugs it and then pops Which the TV smart, with the Which is smart because at this point he's doing what the fucking uh, Pluthon has he's said. He's gone full Gramps. He starts quoting Gramps yep. and he is in recon mode. Talking about lizard tails. Yep. Eating lizard tails. So they pull back the covers and they find slime and guts and Sherman realizes that it ate them. Yes. So now they've realized finally that they are in a much better place for moving forward and Mm -hmm. advancing in life Mm -hmm. because those weird parents are gone. Mm -hmm. And look, I'm not kink shaming anybody. If you're like, there's nothing wrong with, with, with a poly lifestyle. Just don't do it. The way these people are doing it. You know, you don't... It's super creepy and homophobic, and they're doing it in, in really inappropriate times. Yeah, and they're not having the right conversations with their children about it. It's, it's a whole thing. They're missing the bowl of condoms. So, There's again, they're missing the bowl of condoms. They need... I just want them to be careful. So, again, I'm not king-shaming anybody. Do your thing, man. No. Uh, but these people suck. We get some really great shots, though, because Sherman and Susie start hunting through the house of the monster, and we get yep. to see um, the flying saucer invasion on TV. Oh, the way he's playing off of what's going on on TV back and forth is great. It's just, it's really smart. Yes, that really, really got me. Um, and Susie wants to run away. She's back to being the smart person. She's like, let's just get out of here. Yeah. Like, the whole okay. time, Susie's kind of got the hang of everything, except for that part where she decides that she wants to monetize the this, yeah. this monster. Which, you know, not, she probably would have got really rich. Look at Airbud. She like an Airbud. Oh, this is not an Airbud. I think that they're waiting for someone to do another uh, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Right. Movie. Okay. Yeah. That make that tracks. That makes sense. Um, so the monster is watching TV in the jacuzzi again. <laughs> And um, now the monster seems to have grown and he is in the middle of the jacuzzi. Well, because he's the more he eats, he's the full bigger of people. he gets. Oh, right. Right. They didn't really hammer that home. Right. But you, by this point, you're starting to really see it. But Sherman has an idea. So they're both kind of stalking him and he makes his way over. But there's so much slime and goop all over that he bites it mm-hmm. and falls. And he has to holler for Susie to throw the giant plugged in controller um, yeah. into the jacuzzi. Because they want to shock him. him. Yeah. And they do. It doesn't kill him. Doesn't do anything. But. Because at this point, we are now experiencing another person coming through the screen. And guess what, guys? It's Pluthon. He's here to save the day. Yep. He's in a full spacesuit. They point guns at him and have to have a back and forth. Yep. He's here to exterminate the hungry beast. Yes. He's here to get rid of the hungry beast. And this is where we learn it is a house pet. Yep. It's and a it's house adorable. Cat. It or dog. He says, he says it's a house cat. pet. Oh, I, like uh, your cats or dogs. Yeah, like your cats or dogs. Um, and they mutate. He says, quote, they're very lovable before they mutate. Mm-hmm. Then once mutation, they must be exterminated. And then they turn them into pure energy and shoot them off to the farthest depths of space in the universe. So, which, which is do that to them, for me when I go. Which, quote, to them is a very humane way to handle their business. Sure. And what they said of waste disposal. Yeah. Um, so there's a conflicting thing here. I understand what they're trying to do. They're extremely PC for the day, the 80s. But uh, I just think it's adorable that they're house pets who cannot be fixed once they mutate. mutate. Mm-hmm. That's their... They've because, had them for many years and now they're dead, basically. Yeah, once they mutate, they go... They turn into hungry beasts and they will eat anything everything. and everything in sight. And, and they have to be put down. Until your planet is taken over. Yeah. So they're tribbles. 
Yes. But they're not Basically, furry. They're they crazy, gl- they're gloopy dribbles. Yeah, instead of fuzzy wuzzies, they're goopy loopies. Oh, no. Slimy. Goopy loopies. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like an 80s movie slang for drugs. It's the... You've been on those fuzzy wuzzies? You've taken the goopy loopies? Been yeah. smoking the jazz cigarettes? <laughs> I'm drinking the goopy loopies. It's oh, the leftovers from my cereal. Have you ever taken marijuana? Be careful with those marijuana pills. Um, So they're, they're like... They tell him that it's eaten his parents, and uh, he says, oh, no, it's already fed, and mm-hmm. it might be too late. She's like, okay, well, it's eat, fed on a lot of people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he tells them that there may be a way to get her family back. Mm-hmm. And she says, what about mommy and daddy? Which he responds with, they'd be the real mommy and daddy. So he tells them that they can probably bring them back if they take their DNA out and then mm-hmm. essentially regrow them in test tubes. Well, if he's able to get the beast back alive, they'll be able to extract the healthy tissue that he that the monster ate and then grown in the special serum in uh, these little tubes. And she asks if they'll be clones. And he's yeah, like, and he says, Did no, you write it down? they'll be your real mommy and daddy. They of course, just have they'd have to, to live, live in, in special, special aquariums. aquariums. I loved that line so much. So great. So I imagine them having to live like Abe Sapien. Exactly. So cut to Medusa's boobs. Sure, because what else would you do? Limo rolls up outside this and Medusa's is, here and she's real drunk. And this is the payoff to all the cars put, yep. being parked there. So Medusa pulls up and realizes and sees all the cars and thinks, oh, it is a party. It is a party. I will go in, yep. which is such smart writing. It's great. For, I mean, it's 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 face value, but it is such smart we've got five. we've got five guest cars. We've got the Beetle, the Suburban. Yep. We've got the Porsche. We've got the Mercedes. We've got the Mustang. We've got a cop car with its lights on. <laughs> We've got Norton's repair truck. So she's like, this, this is looks a, like a happening party. party. Yeah. yeah, the swingers are here. <laughs> so she lets herself in the house and she still has her like Medusa hair on. In a, in a killer, killer dress. Oh, she's in lingerie on the outside of her silk dress. These things are there. All there. And uh, she walks in with the alien talking to them and she thinks that he's trying to get the scoop on the monster. And she full on immediately kills him. She smacks his helmet and he explodes. His head pops because of the pressure differential. So she ruins everything. She literally ruins everything. And she thinks that she saved the day, but of course she didn't. Oh, no, no, no. Because the monster man, our... our, 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 uh, The hungry monster. The hungry monster has now gone full Kool-Aid man. Oh my God. He He blows through through that that door going, oh yeah. (laughs) It is so insane. So Sherman's out of bullets. He's trying to, to shoot his he gun's jam. He grabs Pluton's gun. And he uses that. He shoots the like rainbow of electricity that the uh, hungry monster uses to get in and out But this gets a terrible of... shot because oh he was not raised by the right video games. No, not at all. Um, and it's insane because this is where Medusa starts to try. Like She's trying to bail and the monster's like... <gasps> Yeah, the monster, like he goes full Kirby, trying to yes. like eat all of them at once in this one is, big uh, inhale. Is this just a prequel to Kirby's Dreamland? No one. Is this a nightmare version? Is this a nightmare? When Kirby? he gets full enough, he's he nightmare Kirby. Out. He is. He's nightmare Kirby. Nega Kirby. Nega Kirby. So Nega Kirby starts trying to suck them up into him, mm-hmm. and you think there's going to be this big old fight, right? Because like yeah. they're going, and 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 he's got the gun and everything. Then all yeah. of a sudden, like Sherman just lets go. Yeah, Sherman's like trying to hold like he's 
trying to like brace himself. Mm-hmm. He's getting sucked into the monster, and it just cuts to black. And he you're lets like, go, and he's sucked in the monster, cuts to black, and then uh, wake up in the limousine to we, her. We cut to the limo driver her, sitting that's outside. That's her, yeah, her assistant. Passed the hell out during the in day. The driver's seat. It's actually dawn. Where you know. It's morning. Right. Time to go home. Time to go home. The limo driver um, wakes up because the monster claw taps him on the shoulder. And the Medusa head swings in on a tentacle. A goopy sort of mutated Medusa. slimy. And she's like, to the studio, Al, and make it snappy. Cut the credits. We get get to see her, and she's like 80% monster, like 20% Medusa. And she's like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, let's go. And I'm just like, I, 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 uh, and I am so overwhelmed at this point that I have to like sit mouth agape at the credits rolling over this movie. Dude, fuck a sequel. There, there's no room for sequels at this there's point. There's no room for sequels. Oh my god, I, I, this was great. It was so much fun. I have no qualms with the storytelling in this movie for now, what it is. I think I don't have any problems with. It. I mean, I couldn't. I mean. I mean, you could technically fix everything, but you I could, enjoyed... but there's n- no, I wouldn't change a thing. I love this movie. This movie is so much fun for what it is. It's just a blast. It's batshit in the best way possible. Now, I'm going to ask you this question mm-hmm. before we even discuss anything else. Okay. How many gallons oh. of gloopy, gloopy slime mm. do you give this out of 10 on our enjoyability scale? I give this 7 out of 10 gallons of Ooh, goopy slime. 7 out of 10, huh? It's I, so enjoyable. It's really weird and dumb and crazy, but I had so much fun watching it, and I think that everyone should watch it. I could not agree more. I gave this 8 out of 10. Oh, my God. I'm so glad. I felt I could have given this. There's a world in which I would have given this a 10 out of 10, but there are things in it that I can't, I can't give it. No, it doesn't it, deserve it. doesn't it. deserve to be on the same level as Dog Soldiers. No. Um, but it's just as enjoyable. It is so much fun. I it's had a blast. wacky. I want it's ridiculous. everyone to die and it's I want super, everyone to win. And it's super punk rock. I love this yep. movie. Like I love movies that are just unabashedly bananas. Yes. And this is so much fun. It's terrible, but it is so much fun. So much fun. So my question for you is when in a relationship would you watch this? Because <clears throat> I think this makes a great... This is a great movie if you're single. This is an icebreaker. You think this because is like straight out the back? Well, okay. Actually, I'm going to take it back because there is so much fuck stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And it is such a weird, horny movie. Mm-hmm. And deals with so many strange taboos. I think this is a, this is a great... Um, this is a Tinder date movie. Oh. If you want to hook up with somebody weird and like that might be fun. Okay. Tinder date movie. This is a movie where um I wouldn't if you're looking for somebody who is super rad, mm-hmm. th- invite them to uh, a group screening of this movie. This is a perfect group screener. Sure. I wouldn't necessarily uh first date or really any date until you've been together for a while. If, if you could first date this movie, but it would have to be the group of people. See. To be safe. That's interesting because I think that this movie is perfect for the couple that has been together for, say, three months. They've had sex and <laughs> he's seen her butthole, but maybe she hasn't seen his butthole. 
you know this is a butthole breaker this is a butthole breaker it's a butthole icebreaker and it, it's it's one of those that you need to it's a plug breaker yeah you need yeah. to be able to like can i get out the uh the fox-tailed butt plug do you can and your, he see this do you and your significant other already she, have an established safe word this one gets you a safe, You're safe ready word for this movie. the safe word is terror vision terror vision mm-hmm the safe word is Pluton. You know, I did have one other question mm. about this movie. Um, it's a it's a dumb, I, and I agree with you. I think that that's a really good point. It's a definitely <laughs> it's a it brings out the buttholes in all of us. It really does. Um, there is a there are some weird colloquialisms in this movie because I was born when this movie came out. Uh-huh. Um, is rude a common colloquialism used to say that something was like super cool or rad? I don't. Yeah, you know what? Because people say like he's a rude dude. Yeah. In the eighties, so maybe yeah. that was because. But I've never heard it used um, isolated. No, and I think that it just kind of um, either play. It just doesn't play right, and it doesn't hold up. It it's sounds just weird. one of those where it's like, eh, there's yeah, a lot but of words have meanings. There's so we a lot need of, to hold to that. There's a lot of slang in this movie that I was like, does that work? Right, and there's a moment where like Grandpa's kind of trying to make Fooey his catch line for a moment. Everyone in this movie is trying really hard to have a catchphrase. Yes. That they don't really ever land on. No, no. Um, If anything, I think that Susie is the most solid person. Um, She may have survived. I mean... We don't know. We don't know. She's the... While... Medusa was the farthest away from the monster in our ending shot, and Sherman was the closest. Susie was in the middle, so there's a chance that while Sherman was getting eaten, that she escaped and then um, Medusa got eaten. There's a world at which Sherman was able to negotiate their release for Medusa out on some weird grounds. Well, I mean, she was a snack, so... <laughs> yeah, she definitely was a snack. I mean, they could she was a, she was a She was pretty damn close to the whole damn meal. She kind of had two for the price of one going on, and it was just, you know... She had I, melons on sale. Exactly. So I, I could see how that negotiation could have gone down. I could yeah. see how they could have left the door open, but... I don't know, man. I think this is Maybe something it's a that stretch. everyone, you need to have this discussion with your significant another when you inevitably show them this movie because it's so much fun. It really um, is. This would be a good one to like Zoom watch together. Oh my God, yes. If, if you, you are unable to quarantine with your significant other, and Zoom watch this Zoom one watch together. this one. This would also be a great uh, group Zoom chat. Yes. So this is, on, this is on YouTube. Again, I really pray that this thing hits Netflix. I pray to uh, Pluton mm-hmm, that this mm-hmm. thing hits not Netflix but like a Shutter or a streaming service that's not that where somebody gets paid for this. Yeah, because boy, this was a lot of fun. And uh, look up all these people online; their fascinating careers are st- uh, they're they're still doing stuff for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, the the lady that played um, Susie is very active online. She's adorable. She's like 58, I think. I love it. Uh, her daughter's adorable. Um, go check them out. They're they're all great, and they're all they all have uh, uh, some sort of social media presence. Um, some of the people in this movie don't. I really couldn't tell you who's dead or who's not. I know, um, but I have to say, Susie is a real. Her character's a real contender for a Halloween costume for me. Oh yeah, Susie's great. That um, would be great. We'll go with Susie and Od. Yes. Oh, and he had a low-key shout-out. His shirt had a, a wasp on it, it which did. was great. Uh, um, so real good 80s metal going on there. Uh, God, this movie is a lot of fun. So please go watch Terror Vision. Watch this um, one. Dissect it for yourself. Yeah, and if you have any uh, if you have any 
questions or you want to just uh, give us a shout out or or ask us anything or you know shoot us a line at b.troth that's b.trothed at gmail.com um, if you have a, a relationship question as it relates to these movies, if you want to know a specific movie or a specific situation in which you need help mm-hmm. uh, dealing with a significant other that might not uh, might not be into these movies, yeah. uh, you might have a specific a situation where if you have a story where genre film uh, ruined your relationship. Oh, I want to hear that. I want to hear it. Please yeah. send it to me. Uh, send it to us at b.trode.gmail.com. If you had a relationship story where uh, B-movies or genre film brought a, a new and and you know positive relationship into your life send us that too it doesn't have to just be dumb shit Maybe it could it actually be fun your relationship exactly um we're hoping that's what happens with this because look we're on the rocks here in this quarantine we're Shut at each throats i'm just kidding um <laughs> and you can follow us on all of the things at uh instagram is betrothed pod uh that's the letter b trothed pod uh and on twitter it is just b Trothed, and you can follow me at I am Chris Hayden on all the things. I am Katie May 2K on all the things. Remember to rate and subscribe That's everywhere right. you're listening and streaming. Rate, subscribe, leave us a review uh, anywhere you, you you stream because that helps people find the show and helps mm-hmm. other people find it. And uh, we just want to grow this thing out to have a nice community of all you weirdos uh, that like the same stuff that we do and also enjoy being uh, with somebody else when you watch it because right now in the world it's really difficult to be with other people um particularly when you're sitting around watching netflix and stuff and you may not be with the person that uh that you um had hoped uh you would be stuck with in in something like a a quarantine situation where you're locked down uh no i'm okay (laughs) what i'm saying is there are a lot of people out there who aren't with their significant others and maybe you can use some of this stuff to reconnect exactly and or connect in general um so do those things, send us stuff, follow us, rate, review, subscribe, and until next time, fuck off and die. Fuck off and die.